Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 161. UFC 231, Scotiabank, Canada. The morning after. Woo! What a pay-per-view we had. We told you it was going to be a hot one, and it was. Fights were showing up all night long. The fans were there from the beginning till the end. I'm still high from that amazing fight night. That, it was. That, that, it was for the hardcores, in my opinion, the fight night of the year. Uh, I, it was I a am, great card. I thought it was so amazing. It was purely skill set, no namesake. I think the crowd was educated. Everything was perfect, except for the announcing, but we'll get into that. Um, I just, what a display of fight. I think in the two best... In goats, like well-rounded, the two most well-rounded woman fighter in the UFC and the most well-rounded man fighter in the UFC both won last night, in my opinion. That's maybe why I'm so high. It was again nice to remember. To say, I know it is a lot to say, and I don't think that you're wrong at all whatsoever. Like we said before on our breakdown, uh, this is gonna be something you're gonna watch for a long time and keep picking up new shit. We saw. People in peak performances the entire night through. I mean, barn burners. There was a couple decisions, but hey, we got those right. So it all worked out. Making money on the DK. Making money straight up. Bits. Where do we... we um, the last time we were with you was Wednesday. So we had Brian, a press conference in between then. Right. The open workouts. And the weigh-ins... The weigh-ins, everyone. What a beautiful, professional weigh-in. Other than Moicano, who was the alternate and didn't make championship weight. Just heard that out yeah. there. <laughs> and it, neither did Chukagian. Neither did Chukagian. It, it wasn't a championship weight. So she, she didn't make championship weight either. Just in case, because yeah. she could have been in that potential. I was surprised that Chukagian was third in the um, UFC. And at 125. Would that have swayed us from our pick at all? I think it would have given me more of an unbiased... Uh, yeah, it would have made me second-guess it more, but uh, guess what? Stick into the guns, and it worked out. Definitely biggest... You know, if you follow us, um, you know that Evil Eye blocks us. <laughs> I realized on week, at Week Neck Baby, my personal Twitter account, she didn't block me, so I got to compliment her, and it felt really nice to send her, like, congratulations, homegirl. Yep. Like, we'll get to that, too. But. Definitely. But we should start from the bottom all the way to the top. Uh, the order did change a little bit in the week due to those fights falling out and whatever. So we started out with Alexander, well, Rakic. What's his first name? Versus Devin Clark. We have, I think you're um, right, Alexander. Alexander Rakic versus Devin Clark in a round number one finish into four minutes. The 9,500 DraftKings fighter ended up really showing out, getting over 100 points. Uh, this was, though, a really rough way to start the night. The ref is one of the worst calls I've ever seen in MMA. We had a downed fighter in Rackick with one hand down, then both, and still eating knees directly to the head, almost got hurt, 
And soon thereafter, Devin Clark. Mm, I know Devin Clark was kneeing him, but I thought, I didn't understand. I was actually going to ask you why they were illegal knees because I was under the impression he was standing and I thought your feet could be, I thought you could be standing with a hand on the ground and still take a knee to the head. Depending I thought on it the couldn't set, be knees on the ground. It, depending on the rule set, um, and they were not using the California Athletic Commission, which used Julie as a standard where they default to, they had their still old rules, which I believe was one hand. Now it has to be two and it has to be palms flat down. But even in the old rules, it used to be three points of contact. So if like you're, if you had a hand on the ground, you could not knee in the head, which that was the rule set in play from what I understood it. And I thought it was knees. I didn't know it was feet. Yeah. Like I thought you couldn't be downed as far as a downed fighter. It, oh, I was always under the impression you had, had to be, to be on, on your knees. knees. Nope. Yeah. So, no, no, okay. No. I didn't you understand why everyone was calling it illegal. And I was actually going to ask you about it today. Like, I know the knees to the head. Are you not allowed to knee to the head? Like I had this whole, like, what is going on? So again, you, so can, I'm glad this is they coming have up to right have away. both hands as, via the California rule set. Canada was using their own rule set where it was just one hand on the ground. But regardless, Rakic had one hand initially, then both. So the, regardless of where you are in the world, it would have been illegal in any organization other than, I believe, one who allows that position. I didn't know he even had both on the ground. Yeah, he did. Uh, but he put them down and that's where fans I saw on Twitter running it back and being like, well, he was playing the game. He was playing the game regardless of playing Whatever. the game. Whatever. If it's a rule, you could play it. Exactly. So, either If way, I know I can poke you in the eye once and not get a point taken. Or if I know I can kick you in the dick and not get a point taken. Grab the fence and I'll get taken down. Yeah. If so, I know. What up, cowboy? So, which we called 100%, 100%. on the breakdown. 100%. Uh, but with Rackett, got back to his feet. Got Devin, Devin Clark looked defeated soon thereafter he kind of is that front runner as we called it his legs looked extra massive i don't know if you noticed that i actually thought raktik was in trouble for a minute me too with those knees for it sure. was um, illegal as hell I, no i thought even more than just that i thought the whole entire thing i thought that was the second time he was in trouble i the amount of pressure that devin clark first came out with there was a nervous moment and then it made me by the end of the whole fight and it wasn't because of the knockout even the way I thought that racket came through the little bit of damage and held him kept composure and patience and came through it for such a young dude he impressed me even more so yeah like it was like he took an onslaught and then like calmed down and then really had great takedown defense. I thought Devin Clark was going to get him right down. I agree, but I think we've seen that as of late with Rackick. Same ref in this same fight. Uh, Devin Clark was out four punches, five punches into that knockout. Um, with the back fist that Rackick landed, he threw a back fist. It landed partially. Same ref, it. it would have to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. That, but yeah, how do you do that? Like it was two horrendous calls. Clark ate three shots he didn't need to, and it was because he wasn't getting stopped. But the ref came around, and you saw him sit back, like, "Oh, I'm gonna watch this," and then realized, "Oh, that guy's out." The crowd already on top of it as well, so. That same ref's going to come up later on in the night, if you didn't know. I know. I want to see a video of those illegal knees. They were brutal. But where do we go with Ragig? I think he's a fun, fun, fun fighter for 205. Still give him a couple easier fights, some OSPs, some Tyson Pedros. Those are the recency biases that I'm thinking of right now that are... Get him a couple more wins. Some, uh... 
who do who lost tonight that we always know. I can't even remember his name because Jimmy Manawa. Yeah, Manawa. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so Rakic, I like moving forward. Just don't get him in that top ten yet. Give him a couple fights. He's still a young guy. Perfect step up in Devin Clark. Devin Clark. He's going to stay in there because it's a light division and he comes to bang, but no cardio and low fight IQ. I thought it was a fun way to open the night. It was exciting, it for was, sure. Yeah. My blood was flowing, that's for sure. I stayed away from it, and I was like, oh, I'm so glad I've stayed away from the first fight of the night. And then I was like, this wasn't the first fight of the night when we made our picks, was it? I don't believe it was at the time, but that fight falling out ended up changing some of the spots on the card. So... Gotta stay tuned on that. Gotta be on that Twitter, I guess, and follow Did you it. Have but it was weird. On a bunch of cards. Ton of cards, I but he was nine thousand five hundred. So most expensive fighter of the night. I did not have him anywhere, and I also did not find it as easy to make my cards. Oh wow! And maybe Ooh. it was, but I didn't trust that all the underdogs would get such high points, and so when they came through in such blazes, it was like, huh, whoa. Like, I didn't expect I or Nina to get such above fucking 50. Woo! Either of them. So, you know what I mean? Picking them high. Picking them high here at Lappy. <laughs> but, anyway. Uh, where do we go with that? So, yeah, Clark? I couldn't afford I didn't even think about Rackick because it was like I had Shevchenko on a lot of cards. Yep. I had, uh, I don't know, there's other guys we'll talk about when we get into it. But I didn't really go heavy on him. Um, and he did seem to pay off because they fought round one long enough for him to get more than just the flat out 100 points. Totally. So, anyway. Where do you go with Clark in this after this? Um, or Rackick for that matter. I'm ready for them to grow Rackick. He I mean, he impressed me more than I thought. Uh, I don't think he's a flash in the pan, and I don't really know what we're going to see from Devin Clark from here. I think he finishes some guys. Low-level guys, right? At yeah. the bottom end of the, yeah. of the spectrum in the 205 division. But, yeah, he could get a couple losses in there with the style he brings where it's killed or be killed. You know, he's going to live a little bit longer than most other First guys. fight of the night. Fun one. On a prelim, Devin Clark. I don't know where you go from here. That's where... Ragnick, I think, is a much higher step up than Yeah, I think you should think. crawl your way up the card. That's how I kind of think, too. The Makes same way sense. you crawl your way up opponents, I think that... So if you lose the first fight of the night, I think, bye bye Ooh. I don't know if that's a Interesting. new... I wasn't impressed by Clark. He had that flurry, and then that was that. We haven't we haven't been impressed for a while. But I don't know how hot I could be on Rackdick. Okay, we could move, move on, on. Move on. Moving on to the 155-pounders. This had... fight card was so good. I'm just smiling ear to ear thinking about it. <laughs> we had Diego Ferreira versus debuting on four days' notice. Kyle Nelson via TKO round number two. A lot of people surprised that this went out of the first round. I also agreed with that and was actually pleasantly surprised by Kyle Nelson. He came to bang, was swinging really hard, landed a couple punches that rocked Ferreira, and even teeps that hurt Ferreira badly before uh, the Reaper came into town and uh, cleaned up because Ferreira is a better fighter all the way around, especially on short notice. I actually like Nelson, especially if he goes back down at 145. Uh, he showed a lot of really good stuff in there, but his gas tank wasn't ready on four-day notice. Stick on a UFC fighter. So, Ferreira, keep on climbing. I mean, he's a, I see him being a top 15, top 10 guy right now. Um, I don't know how I feel about him. I'm more stoked on Kyle Nelson going forward. Than I agree. Ferreira. I like what I mean, I saw. Ferreira, too, on a win. It's a weird fight for anyone when you have to take that fight on a short notice. I just felt like, wow. 
I did not think Kevin Nelson looked good in a lot of places in there. And maybe it's good that Diego Ferreira is such a, we are going to hear this word a lot tonight, professional, that he really took his time and didn't put himself in too much danger in there to get the job done. Like, didn't try to get it done quick or, you know. They were swinging. Both these boys were swinging. Uh, yeah, it was now. unbelievable. It was a fun it was fight. A good fight. It was a fun fight. And I love it when uh, underdogs of this magnitude, which the lines weren't out, said, oh, it's going to be 500 minus 500 Ferreira. That's exactly what the lines came out at. The Bean having a little predictive uh, right there, but... Yeah, it stayed the same. It stayed the same as the other one. I think you said that oh, well, on the air. Did it? I don't know. Yeah, you said it's going to well, come the draft out. Well, the DraftKings line. The DraftKings did say the same. same line, and it did. Um, but I think betting-wise, Ferreira wasn't as big of a favorite. With Nelson, I like that these underdogs go in, and they're like, whatever, I'm going to try to get the win because I got nothing to lose here. And it makes for a good fight, so leaves a good taste in your mouth. Taste in your mouth. Moving on to Diego Lima defeating Chad LaPree. TKO round number one, a minute and 37 seconds into it. Uh, LaPrice, I think that this was his retirement final unofficially. I feel like in a month or two, he's going to not call his contract back in and just step away to be a preacher. That's what I see in my crystal ball. How do you feel like this <laughs> um, <laughs> goes on? Oof. I don't know what I take from either fighter going in this fight. I definitely won't be a high on Chad going forward anymore. And I kind of wasn't originally... And then I, it's like Elias Therido, that Canada tough house got a little rub off on Chad Lepre and I was, you know, his hands were looking better and better, but he's just an older guy. I think maybe started a little later than everybody else. And, um, I, th- I agree with you. I think for his sake, like that's, that should be that. I, There's no, he's reason. been talking about it subtly. I was hearing more stuff as the week went on. Um, that he was he's starting to talk about things outside of fighting, so he could be getting done with it. What I was really betting against was Diego Lima's chin, but it didn't even get tested in there. Lapid came out very tentative and just looked very gun shy in there, and threw a slow faint and was countered by a left hook that uh, was a one hitter quitter walk away. One and yeah, done. It was. It and, was uh, do you feel super high on Lima from no, here? No, I do not I at all. Either. Yeah. So that's where this fight definitely one to look back at, and I still think I'm gonna bet against Lima more more often than not. Moving on to Brad Katona defeating Matthew Lopez in a third round decision. This was a controversial one. Um, Katona really uh, taking charge in the first round and never letting up all the way into the third. Uh, had finishing intentions the whole time. Looked really good striking-wise. I guess Lopez is just always gases as well going into that second round. Who was in his corner that was high profile for Lopez? <sighs> it was someone in there we I know. I know. Gaethje, You're so right. Justin Gaethje, Gaethje. 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 All week at weigh-ins. Yep. He was everywhere. You're so right. But um, a little Gaethje-esque in there where Lopez willing to take the damage to dish it out and... Eventually, he slows down and just takes the damage without dishing it out. And I feel like that's what pretty much happened this He's fight. a 125-er. He just can't... There's no 120... There's no reason it's for him point. to go down. It's a good point. Or he could maybe be putting the muscle on more and more, potentially. But I'm that, not super high on Katona. I don't know what I think about either guy really going forward. So, the controversy fight. came here when uh, I thought he was out. I thought he had uh, submitted him and the final seconds of the round when he let go of that crucifix rear naked choke 
he turned over, Matthew Lopez turned over and dived right into the canvas. And then the ref, same ref, this is where he comes up, holds, helps pick up Matthew Lopez and is like, I'm not calling that fight off. That's good. He was out. I don't know. I disagree. <laughs> he was out. I disagree. It was a shit In ref. In my opinion, I felt like Joe Bo- Joe Rogan was such garbage tonight and got so biased from the first fight of the first night and called out a whole bunch of shit in an unprofessional way and made everybody else's opinion bias of the ref for the entire night. I felt Matthew Lopez did everything that he could, and if that round was five minutes and three seconds long, it would have been an easy like easy decision to or easy to not have for Katona to have the submission win or even one second longer, but it wasn't. The bell went off. Uh, Matthew Lopez rolled over. He was a little weak. I think he went to go get up, and he didn't realize how much blood had stopped going to his brain. He was like that next second away, yeah. but it wasn't yet. So I totally agreed with the ref there and felt like he made the right call by being patient enough and stopping it just on time at the buzzer. That's why it's called Saved by the Bell, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I thought Katona finished him. Um but I had decision on my pick regardless, so for me it ended up. I thought Katona decision. I had Katona decision, but that's how I. Yeah, I thought Katona won the fight regardless. Regardless, it was a thirty twenty seven type of a fight. Um, Lopez never really had anything off in there. There wasn't. And Joe Rogan had say. to be, prove his point four times. Like I thought, you wanted in there by submission. I thought you did this. That was bad refing by this. Like homie. Why don't you just praise the guy right now and get your ego out of there and what you thought happened and give this guy his shine for a second. Right, right. He's worked all this time to get there. And Katona actually, what was his call? He had something pretty unique to say, didn't he? Hmm. He was a Canadian guy at SBG. Oh, and Joe was loving that SBG camp. Kavanaugh, one of the best coaches I've ever seen in my life. Once in a lifetime coach, all time. I'm like, who else has come out of there? Gunny, who didn't go to that camp for this fight, just throwing that out there. <laughs> best he's ever looked. Yeah. But I disagree. I, I don't think it was the best Gunny ever looked oh, at really? all. And we can get there when we get there. We'll get there. I guess that's my bad. Jumping the gun there. But <laughs> I agree with Rogan. He was, I wasn't liking how rude he was getting and I loved it when he was on with Dominic Cruz where Joe Rogan started to talk the same boring points of the changing of the 10 point system and then talks about the same other diatribe stuff where Dominic Cruz who is a who doesn't go with it and says hey this is disrespectful these guys have waited two months to get on here we need to talk about their fight and Joe's like you're right and they talked about the fight where here uh who was with him Freaking the Irish dragon, Paul Felder, just went into it and was like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And they just kind of went into podcast mode at times instead of talking about, I'm like, whoa, these are positions happening right now, guys. They were so biased. And so yep. I, I even I every fight of the night, they decided on what fighter they personally liked better. And then it was like the other fighter would get five punches to the fighter they both decided to likes one. And it would be a legit good punch, but they would just, they would never even tout off anything about the guy or woman who Agreed. was picking the other apart. And, and, and I felt like the last two fights of the night were so like, you would have thought if you just turned off the fight, if you just were um, a blind person and only had Joe and Paul to go by, you would have thought Joanna and Brian Ortega were winning both those fights. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable when I was listening, like, 
they were talking about Joanna or Shevchenko like she was a wilted fucking fighter. <laughs> it was unreal. <laughs> they acted like she had never been in a five round fight. It was really like an odd, uh, ugh, so much of it was, they were really disappointing to me. It was a really, they could have used some DC, they could have used some Dom Cruz, they could have used some Tom Hardy, they could have used some, I put that other guy's name in my phone so I would remember to bring it up on the podcast because we always forget it. Dan Hardy? Don, no. <laughs> no, the guy that sits with Dan Hardy that we always say, they did such a good job, we never remember it. It was John Anik was the third wheel this time, but I felt like he was really reserved and just let that Paul Felder and Joe Rogan go on and on about, again, fight information, but podcast information as well, not relevant live fight info. Like, and it was mainly Joe getting off topic because Paul Felder will be a badass commentator with the right dance partner. I just, I would have been shot out of a cannon to sit there watching those fights. I, I never thought I would say, hey, Joe, time to get out of here. I've always been the person to say, Joe needs to be there because, uh, it's you know, never it's good without Joe. Without Joe. There's, there's rivals now and they're doing a good job and Joe's been doing it for a long time. Maybe he just needs a break. Or maybe he's just seen it all. Maybe so maybe just, the excitement needs to be there again. Yeah, maybe like, a year. Maybe he takes a year, two year sabbatical. You're talking. He can talk for the next thirty years on just every other fight. He can but still have his fight companions. Yeah, it'll be refreshing. Have new people at the table. I'm just. I don't mind a Dom DC fight night. I I would like even for them to give other people a chance, like um, Michael Bisping at the side table. That's I don't good, mind. There's a whole job bunch well. of other people that do did the Fox booth or Megan Olivia. Uh, is that oh Megan Olivia? Olivia. I would I wouldn't mind. Like Where's Joey B? If they are good at talking, I I don't mind them having a shot there. I'm willing to give everyone a shot now because other people have impressed me. But I was irritated. By the announcers. I seconded that. So, then we go and to... And you know, if you listen to this fucking show, we always give Paul Felder his due. Agreed. That's what I'm saying. He can do a good job, but I do think the dance partner made a difference there. On to the 85ers. We had Elias Duradoa coming in and winning a dirty-ass split decision to Eric Anders via third-round decision. Saw that here coming up from the bean. Eric Anders... Low fight IQ, low gas tank. And wow, I disagree. I thought he kind of even won the fight. And I switched to Therado because we were like, it's local. Let's switch to Elias. But I even felt like the audience knew Elias lost and they were booing the decision. Elias Theradoa does this in every single one of his fights. I feel like this is him. He's one of these. He's put up some of the worst fights ever with Alvi, with... There's a bunch of fights, I, I, and it's it was a spam. an exciting fight, I thought. Oh, it was one of his better so. fights to me, and I just thought Eric Anders eked it out, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have stayed with Eric Anders. And then it was like, Therado decision, and I was like, woo! I'm Does glad I picked Elias. <laughs> you did switch live on the air. Yeah. To Therado. But I actually thought Anders eked it out, so I was watching it with unbiased, like... By far, Anders did so much more damage. By far. It could have been a 10-8 round in there at times. Third over got ragdoll. Oh, my ragdoll. God. Was it the second round? Because um, I think... I, I think you're like, right. Yeah, I feel like... 
definitively Anders won the second round because it could have been a 10-8. And actually, I feel like he I could have said draw. Twice. I could have said a draw because I could have seen That's what Thurido. I thought it was going to be, yep. a draw because he knocked him down right. twice in the second. Yep. I would agree with that. Like maybe Elias took the first, maybe took the third. That second could have been a ten eight. That could have been a draw. There was also a ref out there that was decisively on the other side, where two ref, two judges would go, uh, not ref judges. Two would go one way, and the other one would be like a thirty twenty seven when the others had twenty nine twenty eight. And it's like, whoa, that should. I was like, what's going on, Tenth Island? (laughs) (laughs) Where do we go with Thurido and Anders here? I'm excited for both guys. This is my one of my. I thought that Elias got ragdolled, but the fact that he had such an amazing chin, no one talked about it because of um, Brian Ortega's chin later on in the night. Well, but Elias really showed that. Wow, if this guy, he is really similar to Holly Holm in a lot of ways. That if he actually was a little more aggressive. He's a, he could be a whole different he could take a step up in like five places in the division. For me, Elias Duradoa, and I feel like I've started to finally break down his style because everyone's like, it's so unique. He's so like throws spinning back fist, throws all this like fake stuff. Do you know when you're kids and you want to throw a punch at your brother and then run away into the other room and close the door? That's the style he's using. He, he turns, yep, and he throws a punch as he turns. I mean, we saw standing hammer fish, hammer fists that were just like hammer fist, right, left hook, kick, and they weren't meant to land. It's just because it's volume. I, it, I was actually impressed because something you said on the last show that I was just like, it is dead on. Thank you. I feel like I called this spot His on. fight and no, you didn't. Oh, I thought <laughs> no, I called it. You called his style spot on. Oh, That's okay. what I was going to give you credit for is that Tukagian and him did the exact Thank same you. thing. Thank to, you. And I also, um, Anders did better in this fight than Agreed. you were going to give him credit for. I That's agree the only that. thing that you didn't. But you called Elias' style so spot on. And even it, I laughed out loud watching the Chukagian fight, thinking back to it and how I was thinking of that woman three feet in front of I getting beat the fuck up. <laughs> I really, it made me laugh out loud. The and truth. then I, like, I was thinking back to the Elias fight, thinking, oh, he did the same shit. Like, what is yep. he kicking at? And I even said it, oh, there are a lot He's going to throw three times the volume and still land more punches just because he's throwing three times the amount of volume. And that is so true to Chukagian as well. It was 100%. just like a whole bunch of non-committal bullshit. And anyway. So with that non-committal bullshit, we had a hundred. You never know if Elias times. is going to win, but if he can take a fucking beating and then get a shitty. Cardio's guys. Yeah, I think he always is going to win the decision in Canada and always lose it everywhere else. That's my thing with Elias. Okay, we'll have to keep that. We'll have to keep that in mind. And Anders, you're right too. Has to have an aggressive fighter. He's gonna. It's almost that Holly Holm thing. Yeah. Alvi, they just sit and watch each other the mm-hmm. entire time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely a great, great call there. So then we move on to the. Did Anders look better to you than he had previously? I thought his cardio looked better than it had ever had. I wish he haircut cut... better. I hated. <laughs> I hated his hair. He looked jacked as well. Um, I just really thought that. With that style, now that I figured out Elias, you got to kick him in the legs. You got to slow yeah. those legs down, and that's going to change a lot for Elias here. Though. Same could be said for Chukagian at 125 pounds. First, Jessica I, big underdog coming through. We had her at plus 145 here when our podcast came out. Ended up going to plus 195. Put money on that as the week went on. And uh, Jessica I did exactly, I feel like, spot on what we said. The takedowns mattered, even though... 
I gave the takedowns more credit in my head watching the fight coming up. I thought Chukagian actually defended him well. And luckily for her at one point in time, Jessica I, that takedown defense came at the end of the round. It didn't count as a takedown or Chukagian would have won that. But dirty ass split. I'm surprised Chukagian was third in the division. I really thought she was going to be like in the top 15, not top three. So maybe Jessica, 10, I, maybe top 10, but right. Tatiana Suarez, I thought was there. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. So, um, that's, that's Shevchenko's most dangerous fucking foe. I forgot she was even on the horizon. That is a scary woman. Tatiana Suarez. Well, we, that is, we don't even discuss that. So right yet. Jessica, but, I immediately has to move into that third spot, right? They actually, everybody's already talking about it. I versus Shevchenko next. That's and I'm what like, you were saying. You were saying girl, that. Evil eye. I you, know you I You said this. You yes. said this. I'm a bigger <laughs> fan now of Jessica I. Me too. And I don't want them to feed her to Shevchenko yet. Agreed. I would rather her fight Tatiana Suarez first. And let's see who gets through one of them and the winner fight Shevchenko. Give Shevchenko your girl some time off. Homegirl has been, regardless that she's only fought one time in the last, she has been training for three fights in a row that have fallen through. From True. Amanda Noon's one fight, and then she fought her. Then she had to wait for... She fought that one girl, murked her. Then she had to wait for the champion to get around to it over a year. She's like, I will not sit for a year. I will defend my belt. We can talk about her later. But I now eyes in that discussion. So it just draws up. That's what I does next. This is a weird division. With the weird division, uh, there is a lot of room. I don't think I is going to... I Take feel like Shukagian, in my opinion, eked out the win. Even though we both had eye decision, I felt like Shukagian eked it out, eked it, and everyone in the room I was watching the fight with when I was like, her her nickname's Blonde Fighter. They were Cringed. pissed. They were like, fuck that bitch. They were so <laughs> pissed. It was other ladies, I'm assuming, in there. And they were like, what? How, like, how would you even describe her like that? And I'm like, well, look at those two right now. If I was like the blonde one, you guys. And they were like, they were furious. They were like, she deserves to lose. Yeah, they didn't even care. They were like, Evil Eye's an okay nickname. Yep. Everybody liked Evil Eye better. And that is weird. Like, And it's so fitting. My how times have changed. It's so fitting. 135i, no one likes. 125i. Nobody likes. Uh, I like her now. So you're I upset. Like her so too. she wins. No. And then Joe Rogan gets in the octagon. And Jessica Evil Eye. I tease. I like Evil Eye. Especially when she win me some fat stacks. So if you listen to girl. <laughs> it's, it's a lovely relationship. Why are you looking at her butt fat stacks? <laughs> But it's the truth. Have you seen the photo that she was actually talking about with Joe Yeah, Rogan? I remember but, the whole incident. But that was still three, four, five, okay, here's eight years ago. Thinking. Eight years ago? This is really what I was thinking. That picture happened so long ago, and Jessica, I probably said, if I, when I'm in the octagon with Joe next time, I'm going to tell him this. And then the way Joe's contract ended up working out, he only does pay-per-views if they're domestic and, I guess, Canada. Um, so she hasn't had the opportunity to either win one or be in the octagon with Joe at a pay-per-view in so long domestically that it's taken that long. She's been holding on to that story for that long. Yes. She's like, one day I'm going to win and I'm going to say this to Joe Rogan and I'm going to get to be on his show. And good for her. I hope to see her on the show because to me, she's in the heel in the Colby Covington but way better because she doesn't she's not a Colby Covington and I don't mean that but I feel like she's definitely the she's not the good guy 
Do you feel like, for me, Jessica, I's the last of a dying breed. She's very a Tanya Evinger, just a little more abrasive. I just think, no, I think she's like, she's Rhonda-esque a little bit. Yes, that too, which I feel like also, it's, it's love or hate. It's, yeah. It, it, it makes you cringe, but I also just think her age and the time she is from, the Betchko Haya, the Misha Tate, the Ronda Rousey, no one else has, it's like being a child star. Nobody else has made the, cross the bridge right. into this new era of UFC. And then we have fucking Jessica I. I no. It's insane. She's, She's crossed the bridge. She's legit. And it's like, it remind it's just humbling to myself. Like, I still have, I love that this sport is going to teach me something new every day. And these people with hearts like this are going to teach me new shit every day. And now I'm a Jessica I fan. Definitely. Hey, but it. You got to have believe in yourself because if you don't, nobody else is. And no one she else has is going to think you're evil. Exactly. 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 With um, all of this boating, dream boating all over Jessica I, I definitely still like her. Not against Shevchenko specifically, oh, even though she's not going to get that. I she's agree gonna, with you. She's going to only want that fight. Um, no one's I'm strong as for other me. Fights. I am so strong. That's my Shevchenko. <laughs> I am so strong. She definitely is and showed off in there. Chukagian's still going to beat a lot of other ladies in there. These women aren't going anywhere. Um, they're going to be... Uh, I think I'm going to... With that eye, she's going to be in that Thuradoa fight where she's going to be in a dirty split in every single one of her fights. And I think I also does that too. Yeah. Jessica I and she might need to change. She needs a, some freshness if she's going to fight Shevchenko. That's a damn shame, but this is the other reason they'd feed her, her to Shevchenko next. I think that Jessica I is probably one of the higher paid fighters in the UFC right now because she's been in before the Reebok deal. And anyone that was in before that Reebok deal, I think probably makes a tad more flow. So I think they want to get those fighters out, especially if they don't, they're like, meh, they draw this much. Now everything is a like what they're gonna put on the other side of that scale. With Jessica, I sh- I feel like she did a big no no for fighters. I guess is the best way to put it. Where DC did it, but has come back around. Where she asked for the praise. Do you think that immediately turns against her? She is so odd. It's almost like everyone pulls for her for the fact now, like, she's just been in the game. People know she's been working her ass off in the game. And so I'll hardcore, yeah, it's more a respect than, it's a bow of the hat more than I have to like you. How'd you like your boy, Stipe, watching that fight? I didn't even see it. He was in he was in the stands and they put a, they put the camera on him during that fight because oh, he was in there. It. In the stands, he was not in the corner, but they are training partners. Oh, that's out of Ohio. nice. Yeah. That's, that's, that's humbling because Stipe's a real dude. And he's got a wife he's got a wife at home with kids. There ain't nothing crazy going on. That he's just he backing a friend. The shit out of. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Great relationship. Yeah, Jessica I, she <laughs> almost has lesbian personality. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I would it's agree. It's Claudia Gedalia-esque but, where you're like, damn, she ain't gay? Like, but I don't know if Jessica is or not. Not that I, I have anything wrong with that. Hey, Jessica <laughs> I, straight Tanya Avenger. Tanya Avenger seems like she could have two kids. <laughs> she, <laughs> she seems like she gay. could have she two kids. She can still be gay and have two yeah, kids. Yeah, I mean, but she seems like she could have two kids, a husband picking up her kids at the oh, fucking... Oh, I don't like, see that at a time. I do. I could see her, like, in a flannel... 
like just in a different state, like in one of those Midwest North states, Dakota. running a tractor. Yeah, yo, no, don't you know? Like I totally. <laughs> So, anyway, so that's what we take from that. That's what we take from that. Good on you, Jessica. Ah, you're doing well. Glad to see it. Moving on to the 155ers, we have Gilbert Burns versus Aban Mercier in a third yeah, round decision. Decision. The Canadian gangster comes up short again and actually has been in more trouble than we've ever really seen him in there. Gilbert Burns at 170 finally got his gas tank under control and was landing bombs pretty much all three rounds. Uh, I feel like this went to a split, even though there's no way. I feel like this was one of those weird cards where Aubon might have got a 29-28 where everybody was like, that was a 29-30-27 for Gilbert Burns. I agree. Aubin Mercier, we, I feel like we have reached peak Aubin Mercier. And when I feel that about him, I don't think he's old enough to feel that about. He has to change camps. Mm-hmm. He is a lay in prayer and there's just too much of that coming out of Canada right now. Like, change your style. Like, just, Avin Mercier is so talented. He has good cardio. I think he needs to go to, like, that Philly camp, that uh, Alvarez and, uh, uh, who's that? Everyone was talking about him so much because uh, Brian Ortega knocked him out. Eddie. Oh, the Jersey. That's Jersey. Jersey. I think he needs to go to Jersey. I think he needs to go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He needs a striking camp or an all around. He, I, I, that is my opinion on Abba Mercy. Otherwise, I'm gonna be hesitant on him going forward. I think we've reached his cap. The Mark Henry camp. There we go. So, yeah. so yes. with Abba, I would agree with that. But what I did like from Abba, even though he was losing this when he went to the ground again, he was outclassed on the ground by Gilbert Burns, who's a champion level black belt. Um, the striking, even though Mercier was losing it, I really liked his tenacity forward. He never looked defeated in there, even though he was rocking, never stopped moving forward. And regardless of whatever crap I'm talking, even though he lost me a, a fight there, I really like seeing that in fighters. But again, as you're saying, I think you're spot on with this. He needs to move his camps and start to change that up to get other looks. Um, I'm sure he's a top dog in his camp. And whenever you're the top dog, it's not good. You're not growing potentially. There. I agree. So... What about Gilbert Burns? I liked what I saw from it. This was actually at 155. Did I say 70? I was getting all mixed up. But either way, uh, Burns, his cardio was his biggest issues, and it looks like he's finally taking care of that. Powerhouse, dark horse in the division at 55. On the ground, you're not going to get a step up on him in striking-wise. Even though he's a little looping, he hits hard, hard, hard. I was a naysayer on him and thought he wasn't going to be good. I thought we had reached Pete Gilbert Burns, and he proved me different. And I don't think he changed campus, but I don't know if I ever said that. I thought he was just a one-trick pony. And his strike seemed to come together a little more. I don't think Aubin Mercier is a walkthrough at all. And so I have to give credit where credit is due. I think Gilbert Burns, you're right. He could be a sneaky little dark horse, a good underdog in future fights. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Then we go on to 115 pounds. Where the bean didn't pull the trigger on the bet officially on air. You know I put money on that at home because I just, I it, it was a big underdog and it was hard to come through. But Nina Azdorov did win a decision over Claudia You were dead Nadalia. on air. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. It was a rough underdog. There's a lot of reasons not to like her in this fight. But the biggest takeaway I took from this was Gadelia is not a Novo Nyao. Not on the Brazilian juice, and we've seen it ever since she moved that camp. 
her cardio, and you don't have to be, I mean, she was shredded when she was back at that camp, but she also had legendary cardio. That is now gone. She has cardio for one round. I think that we've reached peak Claudia Gadelia. Agreed. And I, I saw am coming, so baby. impressed with how much better Nina's gotten. Agree with they, that. Whatever tape study her and um, she's fighting Lioness. off triangles all day at home. How you're not gonna get I better? Know. I think her name should be <laughs> Nina Lioness. Oh, <laughs> I like it, L- Nina. You, <laughs> I am so impressed with Nina. She did something that um, his name is gonna come up later in the night, but I'm gonna bring it up first here. Conor McGregor could have taken a little tip from Nina in his uh, Khabib fight if he would have kept his patience and composure when he was on the ground and on his back and just laid punches, squared off his shoulders and laid punches off his back knowing he was going to get taken down and land just as many punches as the takedown was worth off your back to even it out from the one takedown that he does no damage with. Now if you're punching squared up off your back, Nina did that shit and took all three rounds. Like, she handled Claudia by squaring up her shoulders and punching off her back. It was impressive fighting. It was super smart ring IQ. It really was. I'm, I was really surprised. And what I didn't like on the workup into the week was Asnerov saying that, this is make it or break it. If she loses this, she doesn't think she's going to make another run, especially at and her then age. That she said that the last three fights... Two. If and I she, just lose it, I'll be done. I'll be done. And she keeps winning, and I'm like, I don't like when people say that, but it's been working for her, so... Maybe it's different for ladies. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to lose. I'm married to the best fighter ever, and I'm totally comfortable with that, and, you know, and now she's just letting it go in there, and... Right, has no... that. Yeah, exactly. And there is... Totally could be a truth to that, because uh, when you're worried about it, there is a different level of pressure instead of just... Letting it go. Let it swing. As Mel Gibson says, let it swing. Who are they? Are they, were, they were talking Tatiana Suarez for Nina next. Mm, woo. Woo. You're going to slow down my money train and Nina Asneroff real quick. Oh, wait. Let no, wait. Tatiana Suarez is 125. You're right. You're right, right. 115. Who, who fights? Where does she go from here? Nina. I mean, there's Andrade there's is the next Andrade, level. And Andrade is fighting Rose if she'll right? leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see her ringside watching her girl. Interesting. I didn't see her ringside watching her girl. Who else would be there off of a loss? At... KK? But that's a loss against the win. And that's a close fight. And ha- they might have already seen each other as well. Yeah, after Claudia, I don't know what happens from there. It's Andrade, JJ at 115. But JJ says she's only going to go down for a title defense. <laughs> Winner of PBZ Hostovich. <laughs> I don't think that's... That's 125. Oh, they did move that's up. 120. Ostovich could never make 115. True, them implants. That beautiful. With them implants. <laughs> She pulls her Reebok undies right up her butt that way. <laughs> Are those altered? So, uh, back to Gladelia. Where do you go with her? Where is she soaking her solace? Is it where? I mean, she wasn't with T-City. He was in the hospital Gedalia all night. is officially the gatekeeper of the top five. If you can get past Gadelia, you're in the talks. But she'll never be in the talks again. I agree. She's no longer one fight away from the title. I agree, and I don't think that it's skill set. Like I'm saying, I think the juice is no longer loose. We've seen it dramatically. So, 
And you're right. She does have that deeper voice that something was definitely going down there. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if she did it at some point in time. Um, dang. Still fun fights ahead of either fighter. I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be making money in spots because Gadelia does beat a lot of the lower echelon in the division. And we move on to the pay-per-view itself. We started it off with Thiago Santos defeating Jimmy Manuan at TKO round number two. Make Our, sure you're liking and subscribing. Wherever <laughs> to get those free picks. Definitely not only that, just the other commentary that we have a, a, amongst it. Um, okay, where? sorry. <laughs> I pressed the button of make sure you're liking and subscribing and interrupted your train of thought. So Santos... Gets it done at the beginning of you the second round. You usually just say it right at the main card when we start yeah, talking about it Yeah, I did it skip anytime. it. You're always the... I never say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we saw this coming with Manawa. No chin. Every bit of it. Every, most people saw it. I'm actually surprised at how many people had Manawa going into I'm the actually surprised that it took to the round two to do. Me too. I, I can't believe how many shots Manawa took, and I'm actually impressed with how long his chin lasted because he took some bombs. I'd agree with that 100%. <laughs> and Santos isn't, I mean, he's got skill in there, but this guy's a hammer. My head thought fits perfectly because there was times in there where my head thought looked like he was rocked. Well, he was rocked because Jimmy, Jimmy Manawa got a couple shots off in there as well. Turned into a big clinch fence clinch fest on the fence but really liked the exiting on the break santos was throwing off those punches and elbows which was setting up other stuff but uh i felt like, has a cap my has a cap people can be my i agree i i felt like it reminded me very um derek Brun brunson s i could see that totally like it just went off times. the rails at the end where it was just sloppy like he was swinging power. With all power and if jimmy would have just wasn't in such harm's way and could have kept his composure for a minute. He could have nailed a shot to knock him out just as easy. Um, but I still really like Maheta so much better at 205. What an exciting fight. Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> but that cardio also for Maheta didn't look good. I'm just, I got, we got it right. He was on all my winning cards. I had Tiago Santos everywhere because I didn't trust that chin of Manoa, but. Uh, yeah, and for 8-8. Eight, eight. There was a couple of times I was nervous. There was a couple of times I'd agree I was with nervous that. in round I'd one. agree with that, and it's scary. It is like watching a Brunson fight where you're on the edge By of the your end seat. of round one, though, I knew coming back into round two, I was very comfortable with what was going on. And I knew the longer the fight went, Mejeta had way more ways of finishing the fight. I did feel more comfortable about it the longer it went. So I agree with that. I definitely agree with that, even though... His gas tank was fading. Manawa wasn't looking any better at all. He was only getting further and further into the water and slowly drowning. So <laughs> then we move on to the 145 pounders where Hakeem Duwadu. I don't know why. Is it crazy that I want Santos versus Weidman at 205? Is that a nuts fight? I love that fight. They, I but, love that fight. But they wouldn't let Weidman fight Maheta, right? He's not a big enough name at this point. I think they're starting to put Weidman into those, uh, what is the best name for him, uh, placeholders. Like He's going to be one of these guys, a gatekeeper. He's going to be a guy that people make their names off at this point of his career, unfortunately. I think this kind of style matchup, it would be good for Weidman. That it's He'll win that fight. He should be able to. He has more skill set of than... But it's that Yo Romero knee as well. Yeah. So, interesting fight. There is, I'd say... 40% chance Santos wins that. And it's not out of skill. It's out of sure brute force. But 
I'm willing to put my money down for that one. That's going to be a fun one. It's interesting. Very interesting fight. I like that call out for next. Where do you go with Manawa? I jumped the gun there with Uwabi. I don't really know. I don't really know what happens to Manawa. He's still exciting. Um, he's still an exciting fighter. Like Weidman, he's holding a place for people to make their name off of as well? I think if you're going to move up the 180 fighters to 205, like you give Weidman Santos at 205, and you give Luke Rockholt Jimmy Manawa at 205. And then you hope that your 185ers beat the 205ers and fight each other again at 205. I agree. That's kind of, what, That would be a fresh matchup. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fresh, sir. That would be fresh, sir. So, um, anything left with that one at 205? No. We move on to Hakeem Duwadu defeating Kyle Botniak in a three-round decision. Fortunately, this bet did not come through in the underdog. Uh, Botniak... I feel like Lesbo said it best throughout the night. And the biggest takeaway from this fight is uh, Zabit Magomed Sharapov, maybe a little more overrated than we thought. Uh, Bochniak, clearly outsized, out-techniqued, and Duwado's gas tank has come into frame. Good striker, good takedown defense, and Bochniak had one good takedown in there, and then the rest, he just kind of got picked apart for the entire fight. I like what I saw, but I didn't see anyone taking a big next step in Kyle Bochniak as far as skill. I want Dewadu versus Zabit. And then Ooh. I'll be able to make my decision on them both. Because now I know that Bochniak is just maybe um, it's something else that I'll say again later. Too tough for his own good. And just because you have a good chin doesn't mean that you're not taking traumatic brain injury in there. And just because your body isn't the type of body that shuts itself off to knock you out yet in life doesn't mean that the amount of damage you're taking by not having the skill set to be in there is great for you. You're not learning anything by being a punching bag. So right. um, I don't know about Bochniak going forward. He'll be a guy that I know can take a lot of hits. So a fighter might have a hard time finishing him, but will be able to get a ton of points. Definitely. Wadu just schooled him everywhere. Everywhere. The same way as that beat. It was almost a similar fight. Like just here's the punching bag. Show us what you do. So if you want to, any guy you want to walk into the division, put Bochniak in front of him. I would actually say I feel like, um, Zabit landed way more shots than Duadu. I feel like Duadu would just throw one and two bunches, turn, move away, and not get hit where they flurried more, but I think that calls for less power out of Zabit. I feel like you were spot on where that is sad that that's what I take away from that fight. I know. It, it was uneventful. Weird. It was a decision, but neither fighter really showed off. Toughness, great. I thought Duadu looked bottom. really good, but because he would just was had a punchy bag in front of him. It was an odd fight. I don't know what I'd do. So, yeah, Duadu versus Zabit, so I really know, and Bochniak, if... He's the doormat to the division. It's just like, here, come show us your skill set. I agree with that. <laughs> I'm sorry to call him a doormat. <laughs> but it sucks. It is your spot Whatever. on. Whatever. Like We're that. not trying to be professional <laughs> analysts. We're trying to make True. people laugh a little True. bit. Maybe tell, maybe True. make him a little just bit Jessica, like I upset me. I got burned. We're she burned the me. Game. <laughs> she burned you, Jessica, I did? No, I just felt bad because I'm like. You got pink she... eye? <laughs> I, a little bit. A <laughs> little bit of pink eye. Someone was cutting an onion in the room. I just felt half bad because not only did she block us, because she it let me know that she's listening to the fans. And I'm like, oh, we talked a bunch of shit. No, Duh. this is what I really think it was. Way back when, when the 125 first opened, everybody just immediately, especially us, 
where if she would have known longer or if fans would have listened longer, they would have known we've been Team Bullet since day one and it had nothing True. to do with I coming into the division. But they were slated against each other forever ago and we were just Bullet hard. Yeah. So it was never that we were super anti-I on Twitter. It was just that we were hard that and heavy on the Bullet. Right. So... <laughs> she blocked us and she's missing so much chance look how much the accolades we gave Jessica I today and I got, she'll like I never said, know I got pink eye she'll never know everybody else is just gonna ask her lame questions and let her no one's gonna just tell her you know we just blew sunshine up her ass this episode <laughs> I guess I guess but the, uh sunshine's the best right. disinfectant it, very true <laughs> for that pink eye very very true we go on into the 170 pounders where we had Gunnar Nelson coming in defeat. And you're Alex. not a doormat, Kyle Botchniak. <laughs> Defeating Alex Oliveira. <laughs> Definitely the truth. Against, he lost a submission to Gunnar Nelson. This was a fun first round. We were all over Alex Oliveira's here, another underdog, thinking he was going to use the fence like he did. Oh, he totally did. We called and it. Then and then he got stopped and got talked to, and Gunny was about to re-get control, and then the fight got stopped before they were reset, and it was like, well, you just fucked Gunny twice. <laughs> and Joe Rogan and Paul Felder were even like, if it's that blatant, you got to take a point, because it was. There's no way that takedown wouldn't have happened if he didn't grab the fence. Like, they're, both of their body they weight was held rules, up by a hand. But they were going by such old rule set that if you had two feet on the ground, you, um, you couldn't take a knee to the head. <laughs> With Gunnar Nelson, steroids were still allowed. <laughs> That's how old the rule set goes. Boom! Uh, Boom! Got him! Got him! I felt like Alex <laughs> Oliveira looked so good in that first round. I agree. Agree, but I feel like I... And I'm not impressed with Gunny. I thought, oh, so in the second round, you duct tape a razor blade to your elbow, and that's allowed? <laughs> that's <laughs> that old allowed? rule set. That yeah, old that rule old rules. But I feel like uh, I summed it it's up It's like trick-or-treating well. in the 80s. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got a friggin' or in razor Australia. blade in the apple. In you Australia got a razor right blade. Now. What happened? And I almost think that he could have broke a bone or something here. The way he grimaced and the way... 29 stitches later... Up, 29, sti- 29. 29 stitches in that one cut. But before that, in the first round, I feel like what happened here is Alex Oliveira played with fire for too long and eventually got burned. And that is in that first round, piecing up Gunny on the feet, on the ground, was confident in fighting Gunny's um, technique on the ground off and landing so much damage because... He was landing shots on Gunnar Nelson in that half guard. Gunnar was trying to go Completely for leg locks. comfortable. And just sitting there and punching him in the face. He tried to go for a leg lock to a heel hook that he easily Nothing, got not out even of. close. Yeah. Nothing close. But what that did was set a false confidence in Alex Oliveira in that second round where, again, Alex Oliveira's take down the fence isn't as good as I thought. Gunny did a good job of getting him to the ground once and then... The commentator said it best. They're like, watch Gunner not be as sloppy as he was that first round. And he wasn't. Didn't give Alex Oliveira any room to breathe. Moved to full mount very quickly and landed elbows as viciously as we've ever seen him. As you said, as soon as that landed on the forehead, you saw Alex Oliveira grimace. 
turn over and give up that choke. He didn't give a fuck. He wanted That's out of there. That's where I had to say it wasn't even a combination and it wasn't a whole bunch of elbows. Alex Oliveira was kind of doing everything good of fighting off his back. Totally. Everything still seemed fine. Holding on, waiting that, to get stood up. And um, fighting really low, kind of going all the way down toward Gunny's like crotch and waist area, hugging him tight so Gunny couldn't get any punches or damage off, like you're saying, waiting to get stood up. So he was doing, he was defending things right. He was doing so much small stuff that I'm so glad um, the latter I've gotten in the years of watching UFC, I notice now that he was doing everything right. And one elbow landed and split him from the rooter to the tutor. For sure. <laughs> For sure. And Holy we saw him shite. lose a third of his blood in two seconds. You know in The shiny when the elevator doors open? Yes. 100%. <laughs> I thought two twins were there like, come, come play. play with me. <laughs> come on, Gunny. <laughs> come on, cowboy. Come play with me. Oh, that's out. To me, that's a poltergeisty. <laughs> no, don't go into the light. Caroline. <laughs> Caroline. <laughs> So, um, Oliveira, he's going to have a lot of profile fights. I love him dancing, singing. I love everything about everything him. Everything about him. Winner love. I love loss. that he cheats. I was taking a um, list of all the cheats he was going to do so I could just be like, look at him, like one dick kick, one eye poke, one fence grab, one glove grab, one, and you know, just, he's going to do one because he's so, he's a perfect type of veteran. He's a Daniel Cormier type of he veteran. He understands the rules. Yes. Where he gets a warning for everything and then... And he seems on. like he would fight in if they let him fight every single day of the week, he would come and do it and uh, enjoy it. Except for this last fight because of the stitches, he'll wait two days. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd fight with <laughs> stitches if they'd let him, though. He just oh, seems like he, he doesn't take anything personal. He's a fun guy. He's fun to watch. Um, it's an honor, Cowboy Oliveira. Agreed with that. And Gunnar and, Nelson, I wasn't impressed at all I in the whole fight. That. He laid one good elbow. Does Yeah, agreed with that. And, and, the, the and got a submission that if you look back at it, didn't even have his underhooks. He had one arm like I, in. Oh, Oliveira gave up Oliveira completely elbow. tapped to yeah. the elbow. Yeah. So the elbow. he didn't do anything impressive the whole time except the one elbow. So, yeah, he won a fight, but I'm hesitant on Gunny. I'd agree with that 100%. And I'm still high on Alex Oliveira going forward, so take it what it is for. I'm in that boat. I'm in that. <laughs> put me on that train. Choo, choo. <laughs> Moving on to the co-main event, we had a decided decision. Valentina, champion Shevchenko, finally retires oh. from the Latvian Legion. Yes, as our one to watch. As our one. We got to now sit on the tape, look back, and all the ladies, and see who we pick next. That's I don't even have fun. to wait. It's Tatiana Suarez. Oh, damn! <laughs> Putting me on the spot. But you can Putting like, me on the you spot. You can do some tape work. I'm going to have to do some tape yeah. study. I can't bring it. It might be Jessica Andrade. Maybe you'll be. think it's Nina Ansaroff. Do we want to get the fans involved, or is this an only presidential decision or co-host um, decision? I think it only is us. Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I don't it's know why I threw called. it out there. Lesbo, the bean, and the soup. And the fans. <laughs> and the fans. <laughs> <laughs> but Shevchenko, I mean, was it all five rounds or was it four? And it one? was just like, oh, that seems like work. Then I'm going to have to add up all the way. That's what I was thinking. All of a sudden, I was like, like oh. Bit off a bit more than I could chew there a little bit. My bad. My bad. So what? who else bit off a little more than they could chew? Joanna, young Jacek, ended up just losing even though the significant strikes were even takedowns ended up coming through trips coming through for Shevchenko 
the harder shots landed for Shevchenko, Shevchenko by got far. More shots, a few, just few. It was very close. She had more headshots, more kicks, uh, less on the body, um, and then five takedowns to none. Takedowns yeah. won that fight for sure. Uh, at one hundred and twenty-five pounds, who do you see contest? Shevchenko, who do you see as a real spot? Let's talk about the fight first. First of all, you were dead on. Um, Joanna did a lot better than... She was a little more rugged than I thought she was going to be. But I also... Something was different about this. Uh, Even though I felt like Joanna was handled everywhere. The third round felt like it could have been close to JJ's round and I also think in the same way that Max had the third round hey everyone in a five round fight every fighter even like in a 12 round fight when you're watching boxing they give up some rounds on purpose 100% and it's called strategy it it drove me crazy the way the announcers were talking about Bullet Valentina like she was wilted I felt like every time she, she reminded me her judoka tosses reminded me of Ronda her there's no one quicker. She doesn't even need head movement because she moves out of the way before it gets there. Why waste any energy on head movement? It's unbelievable. It was, it was Joe saying that and actually felt her sticking up for her, right? I don't know what happened. I, Tell me. No, no, no. I feel like this, what you're saying, I feel like Joe was harping on the lack of head movement for Shevchenko where Felder was like, she's moving her head, but it's literally just one time. She's not sitting there bobbing and weaving because she doesn't need to. She was just looking. She is... Who is more well-rounded than Valentina Shevchenko in there? And I don't remember who it is, and I want to give somebody credit for it. What pound for pound means to them is somebody at whatever weight they are, they would win. And that is Valentina Shevchenko. That is Max Holloway. If you put Valentina Shevchenko at 145, the reason Amanda Nunes beat her barely any way you cut it is because Amanda was so much bigger than her. It wasn't because she outskilled her in any way. She's pretty much the only woman to go the distance with somebody they call a power puncher. And in every way, Valentina still thinks she beat won that fight, the last yes, fight they fought. Right. So I just think Valentina is a goat without the wins. Even though she doesn't have the type G she is a female GSP and I don't know how to say it any more clear than that there's something so amazing about her and something I noticed afterward the JJ that I wanted to see after the Rose losses and now I'm gonna stick up for JJ where I wanted her to be humble and admit Rose was better than her and now I think just because somebody beat you twice doesn't mean they're better than you I'd agree with that. And I have a whole different decision because once I saw JJ after her fight against Shevchenko and how humble she was and how she was giving Valentina nothing but praise about her being the fighter that made her the fighter she is today because of those losses and that how she has no qualms. She she went in there and gave her best performance. She's not a 125 fighter yet. She'll go down again and fight for the 115. She's the straw weight queen. And she was just so humble and so like Valentina worked so hard. I don't know what else you could the guys thought you were gonna see in there like valentina like she gave her all of her due and still doesn't give rose any so now i have a whole different like baby she does play Mercamp in her nutrition for the first fight getting the ko and the tap which i was talking shit about her on the last show so i'm kind of sticking up for jj here and also what i said is jj could be a real threat if she can have some time to put on real 10 pounds of muscle like shevchenko's had 
Definitely. Um, you so you were right. JJ did go all the way. She went all the fucking way. She didn't get mauled in there. She handled. But Shevchenko disrespected JJ a little where she went for these immediate crucifixes. These immediate crucifixes every time where I think in the same way you were giving Gunner credit, she could have been a little more patient with that and really solidified that and taken that fight the same way she did her last one. But JJ's better than that. You got to give her a little more credit. Agreed, agreed. So four to one rounds, I feel like I was like... Dead on. 100% on. Thank you. Thank you. It ended up working out. I had money on the over there. I uh, thought it was going to go to decision. Still had Chev all the way. But I just, people were really disrespecting JJ. And I'm like, she's still a pound for pound up in that talk. She might not be it, but she's up there. Like, she didn't go through a bunch of bums like people were saying in the main event. Well, anything left to move on with that fight, I guess? Do we? What do we need to put to rest with Valentina JJ Valentina? Shevchenko said that she, um, she also was super honored and she felt that was the way she wanted her belt. That she was felt like it was a deserving person to get a belt from. And a million I, percent agreed. On. A million percent agreed. Both women were so respectful, so professional, so amazing. She also said she never doubted for a second that JJ would make the walk. For one second. Okay, I would agree with that 100%. She said she too. knows JJ's very professional and dedicated fighter and blah, 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 blah. Yep. And um, so I thought it was a beautiful display, a beautiful fight. And if you have somebody out there who's never seen a lady UFC fight, I think that is one to watch. They both did amazing things in there. I don't think Shevchenko was ever really in trouble. The only time she kind of was, in my opinion, she was taking her down round so she could come back and keep laying it out. Um but I am impressed with how much damage JJ took and um, in there in a different way than Brian Ortega. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Rolled with the punches much, much better. And if JJ fights Rose again, she wins that fight, in my opinion. Interesting. Yes, that's how different I feel about it. I feel like, oh, this Shevchenko fight was just what JJ needed to go down and beat Rose. That, so. I would agree with that. I think that you're making really valid points here, and... Uh, it's still going to be a fun division regardless eye. of where they go. Oh, the other thing that Shevchenko said, she'll hold the belt until her sister fights for it, and then she has unfinished business with Amanda Nunes, and she'll wear the 135 belt one day. Why do you think we're such big fans of Valentina? Because she's a fighter's fighter. She's all about the Female fight GSP. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Valentina shift VS? Verse? Yeah, VS. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not good at VBS. <laughs> Valentina Bullet Shevchenko. VBS. Um, one thing, and maybe it's the opposite. I feel like it's a perfect way to walk into a fight. Maybe I disrespected JJ a little, and the opposite of that should be said about Brian Ortega. Everybody gave him way too much respect Res- walking in there with Max Holloway. million percent. We did it here. Not at all. We knew what Ortega really had down the pipeline, but... As I was going to unofficially try to segue earlier as well as I was saying where people were saying on Twitter that Ortega had fought, not Ortega, Max Holloway had fought nothing but people on the end of their career and they weren't at the best of their prime. And I'm like, that is bullshit. Max Holloway has fought top level fighters, only come up short. Rarely. I have to say this. Every single person that Max Holloway fights. Same as Tony Ferguson, who is a fighter that will come up later. Every single person that Max Holloway has fought, the reason that they're at the end of their careers is because he takes two years off their fucking career. 
Agreed 100%. He puts them through a war. So what we know officially, Drake curse, not going. That doesn't that didn't work. It doesn't matter in a blessed era. Doesn't matter in a blessed time frame. And there's no way in hell that Max Holloway is 5'9". There's no way in hell. No, he's 5'11". He's 5'11", T-City's 5'8". Oh, I thought T-City was supposed to be like 5'10 back mm-hmm. in the day. 5'8". Okay, Max Holloway. Okay. I thought I it was saying like 5'9". I think he just so huge next to Frankie Edgar. But Max Holloway definitely is going to be moving up to 55. He alluded to that a bit. But breaking down the fight a little bit more, um, three, four, five punch combinations. I don't know if it's so definite that he moves up. We can talk about Uh, it later. Definitely. Just to break down the fight. It ended up going into the fourth round. Here, the bean has somewhat of a rule. I forgot to say it, but I did so myself. I put money, especially when you're getting... Plus 1,600, plus 2,500 for the fourth and fifth round, Max Holloway. I ended up switching my card from decision on the show to a fifth round finish. Ended up putting money on the fourth and fifth round. It cashed like they usually do, especially in these type of spots for us that we're saying, one guy's decidedly better here. And what is there to take away? Everything we put out, if you followed us on Twitter throughout the week, and every little argument on Twitter that we got into was everyone giving us shit that we're like, Max Holloway's an underdog? Put money money all over that. Right? Put money all over that. Your champ is a friggin' underdog, one of the best pound-for-pound guys, most well-rounded MMA fighters ever. And a guy who loses fights until he wins? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's not even close. And people also, um, I took a little hate because I compared Brian Ortega to a Francis Ngannou. I love that comparison. I I love that that comparison. And I got a Shab comparison. So they were like, oh, that's Shab-esque of you. Damn! That hurt! I thought a little bit, but then I I was very validated when the fight turned out how it did, where I'm like, Stipe can take Nganu into the deepest waters in the world and just to make him pay. Like, you thought you could stand level with me? Right. You thought because you took a fighter out at the end of his career? That's what uh, Brian Ortega does. To Edgar. Yeah, or any of the fighters that he fought. I feel like a lot Ooh, of them. That Moicano fight, though. That Moicano fight, but he was getting picked apart until the third round. He was getting picked apart round. until then. And Moicano... Is, Even with Clay Guida, same thing. He's um, on the... Yeah, Clay Guida, end of his career. But Moicano's also on the um, horizon as for one sure. of the guys that could be fighting Max for the belt. I would I agree think. with that. That's a fun fight. But there's a lot of fights at T-City, 145. Where, what did he... Doing the fight. Where did he do at any point in time? Because I didn't see it. I don't know either. He he tried. In my opinion, he had like a three punch combination that ended in an uppercut. That he tried so much. It was the Frankie. I had a telescope. I could see it. It was so telegraphed. Um. Do you know here at Labby that we have a little theory when uh Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys knock people out, then they think they're strikers against strikers and get picked apart. And you can tell that Brian Ortega has no fast twitch muscle. Look at his body. Agreed. And he tried to have a stand-up striking game with Max Holloway. And Max showed him. I felt like he said what Gedalia was going to be saying later to Ortega. There is levels to this game. (laughs) (laughs) There is levels to this game. Max was not in trouble at all in the fight. Ever. Ever. Ever, ever. People were like, oh, he got wobbled. And I was like, I think he was giving up that round. Make sure he could carry his cardio longer. People were saying, is Max winded? Is Max winded? No, it's a five-round fight. Definitely. <laughs> it was driving me nuts, Joe. Agreed. And he's been there how many times? You see five-round fights weren't me? What's he talking about? Five-round fights against Jose Aldo. 
Yes. Okay, you notoriously puts people in trouble into the fifth and sixth round. In the fifth and fourth and fifth round. But um, with Max Holloway in this, he's ready to turn around soon. Again, we didn't see him take much think, damage at all. Um, I kind of went a little ham online that, not even ham, but I just was a little pissed. And I felt like the corner should have thrown the towel in before the doctor stopped that fight. And it was a stop due to eye injury? Um, to me, it wasn't eye injury at all. It was, I felt like he was yeah, showing all the see. signs of concussion. He was so lethargic. He wasn't fighting back anymore. He probably shouldn't have gone back into the fourth round, in my opinion. And it should have been thrown in in the fourth. The amount of damage he took in that fight, I don't think we're ever going to see the same T-City again in the octagon. I think he had years taken off his fight career because his corner should have saved him from himself. And I know I'm going to get shit for that because there's a lot of T-City fans and it doesn't mean I don't love him. I just think it, him being, the Gracies don't have a great UFC record. People would argue against that. I know, maybe lately. Maybe lately, from what I know. And well, since no, I've they, they've watching... won the first tournaments ever. Yeah, first tournaments ever. Yeah, true. Yeah. We've gone a little ways since then. Yeah. Not a little ways. That's where but I mean. They're the just Gracie not... The Gracie family, they got just a contingency of people that regardless of what you say, they come hot at you. It's yeah, just, I know. And I. it's just it like, they're no 10th planet. Oh! oh Surrey. Surrey Cruise. But, uh... <laughs> With Brian Ortega, do you think, like a Naganu, he can come back and the tired-ass line, I mean, it's, we say it here as a tired line, we're making fun of it, but it's still so prevalent. Let anybody win around and they're back. Oh, yeah, you're so right. Gosh. Anything. They're back. How many times do we have to see it in the night? How many times they're like, oh, Gunny Nelson's back? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I would be pissed if it was me. If I'm Gunny but Nelson, the, I'd be like, I, I never want you there. Yeah. I had to get surgery on my knee, bitch. Yeah, I got poop in the eyeball, fucker. Get yeah, out of here. Like, I'm home. Like, every time I go to work, my animals aren't like, you're back. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe but they that's are. all everybody and anyone's saying. Um, T-City, I would like him to take like nine months off. And this is the other thing, I think, for T-City. Homeboy, you want to strike? Why don't you, you surfer, why don't you pack up your little baggies and take a flight out to Hawaii and stay with Max Holloway for six months? I think that would be amazing for you. Who has better hands to show you? Like, I just, I'm the type of person I would want to learn from who beat me. The it, I would agree with you, but if we're going to dive into the Gracie lineage and the way they do stuff, they don't like to let people go. Like, if you try to leave some of, if you make a name, which T-City has off of that Gracie, especially one of the oldest camps in America, um... I don't think, I don't think they'll let him go. Forever. I don't think they'll I let him go. I just think he needs to be a traveling samurai a little bit, uh, if he wants yeah. to strike. If he wants to continue to strike. And I think he could show Max a thing or two about his ground game. I think, if especially if Max is going to be taking that Tony Ferguson fight. Damn! Real quick, did, will Brian Ortega still flip a bitch? Um, yeah, I still really like Brian Ortega. And I just, I thought it, this, he was humbled harshly in this fight. We said his ego got carried away with him. 100% spot on with the Rousey call. About everything. With the movies bullshit. Yeah. With the, I, I had hope you're KO round three, so he went so much further than I thought he was going to go. And technically, 
If I were Brian's corner, it would have been, been three. round three. <laughs> definitely. Definitely, definitely. But so I really like T-City. I just think Max Holloway is that much better. I'd agree. So as you were saying, Tony Ferguson, Max Holloway, saying he'll defend or... Which we predicted Tony. before it all went down, and we got hate online for that as well. Predicting... We said, there's really nothing left for Max at 145. There's fighters coming up that are deserving, but Max in super fight realm. Yes. He should fight Tony it's Ferguson, true. and everyone's like, that's so stupid. Only Tony versus Khabib. Only Tony versus McGregor. Only Tony versus... And then Tony said, hey, Max, if Khabib ducks me, how about we roll this out? And Max is like, let's do it, brada. Yeah, and he let's said go, he, people boy. confuse him for Tony all the time. <laughs> I love Max Holloway's post-fight press conference and all of the other stuff where he doesn't even care if it's Tony. He'll fight the daddest man on the planet, DC Cormier, because you know that Hawaiian boy likes to eat. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't love care. It. I, I don't love care. it. BJ's do you think they should let us. him go down to 145 anymore? Do you like what Dana was saying there? Yes. I do, too. I, even yes. though I don't want to see a guy strip that just defended, yeah. I feel like homeboy. Let's just get out of there. Let's walk away before you danger yourself. Yeah, agree. That might be the same way I feel about Khabib at 155. Like, let's walk up. I will give you the 165 belt. boom. Yeah, have more of a reason. If you don't need Tony Rocco Martin, if you don't need freaking how I'd many people Tony at 65? I let Tony uh, versus uh, Max fight for the 155 belt, and then I say, hey, Khabib, let me give you the 165 belt to fight Connor prediction here if they were to open 165 pound division would it immediately almost become the most stacked division like top two top three most stacked divisions 165 as soon as it opens with top level fighters that are do you think there's really any 170 years you see at 165 or like yancey Cowboy, all the 155ers, though i was gonna say cowboy cerrone i could see at a 65 he's right perfectly there but, like, as far as all those guys are 155ers of recent. Like, even Yancey Medeiros. And right. Do you see any 170ers? That have been 70 years yeah, so like, to go do down? Do you see fucking T. Woods dropping five more pounds? Can you no, fucking imagine? No, not T. Woods, Can but there's other fighters. Imagine Stephen Thompson dropping five more pounds. I could see Fighting him McGregor at 165. Think about how mind-blowing. That's what I'm you saying. You just blew my mind. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus McGregor. That's a fight I didn't even know I ever so, wanted to see. 165, as soon as it would open, would be top-level division in the UFC. Top level. It's so... First fight's in. Yeah, there is some really weird fights at that. Fuck yeah, there is. Oh, and have we masked all Nate, Nick Diaz? <laughs> are we just going to wait till like we have never even talked because about it's it. not official yet oh i thought it was no. dana said as far as he knows nothing fell out with that fight even out of his mouth he says as far as he knows that fight's still on he, dana said as far as he knows that fight's still on nothing fell out with that fight i don't i haven't seen the official sure, paperwork yeah, anywhere everybody but i'm you sure know we can check me and i'll get more hate but i'm <laughs> we're in a job of lesbian <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn, i like that i like that <laughs> I like that. I always, thought high I, fashion. I always thought I was the kid. <laughs> you were the fighter. <laughs> That's funny. Here we're all breaking all sorts of stereotypes. At Lab Yeah, B. so, um, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, make sure that you're following at Zoltanite on Twitter if you want to follow The Bean, and at Weeknick Baby if you want to follow me, and at Lesbo and The Bean. And we have an Instagram, and we're whatever with the YouTube, and wherever podcasts are not sold, wherever they're free. Tell a friend, family member, it's the holidays. 
Good point. We have another weekend of fights right around the corner. We got another breakdown coming up right around the corner for y'all. And what is co- it's Kevin Lee versus Iaquinta. I two baby. I This morning oh, I actually this. watched Kevin Lee Iaquinta one again. Good call. Wow. What a different kid Kevin Lee is. Agreed. Gonna be making somebody this weekend. Guarantee it. Okay. Like, yeah, like it's exciting. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys. It was such a fun weekend of fights. We're gonna miss you, Val. We're going to miss you, Valentina. Let's go the bean! Thanks for listening to Let Be. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.